Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten podcast, sponsored by NFL Associating and Referees. My name is Cage DiPaolo, and brought to you my co-host, a man in white and black stripes, Michael Clement. How are you doing today? Dude, why did it take you that long to, like, think of that? I don't know. Like, like you're not going to, like, you're not going to know this until, like, I tell you this, whoever is listening to this, but... Cage just, like, sat here for, like, a good, like, three minutes. He's like, wait, let me think of a good intro. And then he's like, okay, I'm ready. All right, because the thing is, the second I said I wanted to do a good intro, I wanted to make it some joke about NFL officiating. Uh, That's the thing, but I've been tr- I have been was trying to think of a good play on words to wrap around NFL officiating. Yeah, you you just, like, missed it. And I missed it by a mile. You that's what mark. happens when you That's what happens when you make me, like, go under pressure and start it. I, let me let me restart. Let me restart. I, I gave you Again, time. The, the, the podcast hasn't started yet. We're okay. off air still. We're off air. Okay. All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the NFL podcast. My name is Cage DiPaolo. My co-host is Michael Clement. And we're brought to you today by all of the NFL referees around the league who tell us to tell you that that wasn't pass interference. Michael, how's your day going? Better, right? Way oh better. Oh my god, I'm I'm just like so much I'm better. I'm gonna claw my eyes out. <laughs> so much better this time. Michael's here, by the way. Yeah, I, we know we lied last week. You know my my classes did start, but Michael's here because he missed me that much. Because I am almost deathly ill. Um, almost though, just almost. almost. It's like enough for me to like stay home and like miss classes this week, but like not enough to just kill me off. Or not enough to get me sick either, which yeah. is the more important part. Anyway, I'm still here. Um, I'll be actually back at school next week, hopefully. Um, how are, how are your classes so far, Cage? Oh, well, classes started for me on Tuesday. Uh, well, you know, college institution is still college institution, just a huge waste of money, but they're going cool. Being a part of a journalist major that I am, a lot of my classes are, uh, smaller students and I definitely have some classes with some old, uh, classmates, which is nice. So it doesn't seem like it's, you know, that awkward vibe. When you walk into a class and you know nobody, and you just sit there and you don't say anything, you know what I mean? You see, that's like me, like for every class. See, no, fortunately, because like I like the extroverted person I am, I'm just like used to making friends in classes. So I was fortunate enough where all my classes so far, I have at least one or two buddies that I've made from another class. Well, you, so it's easier. Well, you see, like I try to do that, but like the thing is, like just because I transferred into the program, like I I like missed that like area where like everyone got to know everyone and then mm. there's just me oh, and like yeah. i've just kind of like not really talked to anyone because everyone's already in their clicks and whatnot like it's like high school all over again it's bullshit well yeah but, that's what always that spoiler when you get a job it's like high school too just so you know uh-huh. it's all clicks life is just a bunch of clicks the nfl is just a bunch of clicks they are this is the pro bowl episode of the nfl just so you folks know yeah so so we're nothing gonna be, we're gonna be wrapping things up early <laughs> we're going to be half-assing it all and we're going to be getting a huge cash prize later. It'll be perfect. There is no cash prize, by the way. But we'll still be half-assing it. We will be. Most likely. Michael... But we're not going to half-ass our social media plugs. No, which, fortunately, I'm actually in an advertising class this year. So... You want to advertise for us? I can advertise the best after I can. After reading the syllabus a- for your class. After my 90 minutes I've had in that class, I am excelled in advertising and i can let you know that if you're enjoying this podcast if you're enjoying the humor if you're enjoying the conversation between michael and i and you want to join in you can follow us on our social media at twitter at first and number 10 pod that's at first and number 10 pod or maybe facebook where it's the first and symbol and 10 we also have a website that if you're interested in that michael and i spend a lot of money that is poor college students don't have we'd appreciate you to check us out that's first and number 10 sports.com But last but not least, say you want to listen to us on the go, whether working out since it's a New Year's, new resolution, Michael, or say you're just driving to classes like we are and you want to listen to us. You can find us on a ton of different sites like Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Music at First and Symbol and the number 10. That's First and Symbol and the number 10. And as always, we would love if you could tell all of your friends, family, buddies, cohorts, lovers, anybody about us and tell us to rate us five stars and leave us a review. Also subscribe. Also subscribe. Subscribing would be pretty cool. Michael, see, that's the thing. The syllabus didn't tell me about the subscribing part. Yeah, that's the next level. That was the next level. See, I'm only an introductory uh, advertising. That was like the next level for next semester. I apologize about that part. Yeah. So let's let's, uh, hop into a couple headlines um, before we talk about 
the a- AFC and NFC championship games. There's, there's a lot to go through with that. Yeah, we at will, least unlike the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, the unlike the Pro Bowl, we're going to kind of be doing our schedule a little bit different today. We are going to kind of do the headlines like normal. Then we're actually before we recap the games, since I mean, why would we talk about the Pro Bowl? We'll talk about the Pro Bowl, but we're not going to dive into the Pro Bowl. We're going to do our game, our headlines. Then we're kind of gonna get our heated front office roundtable discussion, which I think will definitely be a good one. I don't know if it'll be as good as last week's. That was definitely a fun one, Michael, but I think it'll be good this week. And then after that roundtable discussion, we'll recap what I think was one of the most exciting and fun conference championship weekends I've seen in probably the last five years. Probably like last 10 years. Yeah, they both those games were insane, but... We're not at the games yet. We're at the headlines. A few things happened this <laughs> Our week. Our honorable mentions. Our Larry, honorable mentions. Larry Fitzgerald's back for one more year. He's a madman. Yeah. Why would he want to play under Hingle McCringleberry? Why? I mean, all right. I texted in our in our group chat today, for those of you wondering when this came news, and I, I said that I, I respect him for doing this because Larry Fitzgerald, everyone expected he was going to retire when Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer did kind of all walk off together in the sunset. Like, so like. The fact that these last two years he's kept taking these one-year contracts just shows that, like, obviously, you know, he wa- like he knows his role isn't, like, he's not that star number one wide receiver he's going to be. Christian Kirk will probably take that over this season. You'd expect he'll have a lesser workload because he's just older. It's not that he's bad. It's just that he can only handle so much. But he's clearly sticking around for what's going to be a rebuilding team to help provide that leadership role, which is kind of cool, I guess. And he's making a few million dollars, so I'm sure he probably isn't complaining. Well, yeah, but, like, why would he want to play under that system? Just, like, a, another changing cog in the machination that is the Arizona Cardinals. They just clean house after doing it a year before. I don't think it's necessarily him, like, it's like, oh, the system. It's, like I said, I feel like it's just because he knows his role and he wants, he loves that organization, clearly. And it's more so that he, one, is making a few million, so he's probably not complaining. But two, is he's going to be able to help set their wide receiver core up for the future. That's so true. be able to be like, listen, I'll be here for one more year. I'll show the guys how it works. I'll help get them to this high-level play, and then I'm going to retire. But like, why wouldn't he just be an advisor at that point? Just be the wide receiver coach? I, I don't know. Maybe because he won't make as many millions of dollars. That's very true, actually. And he also can't pad but- his stats more as a wide receiver coach. He can't get touchdowns as a wide receiver coach. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess so. I would take the does, millions of dollars. Does Do you think he thinks that the Cardinals will make the playoffs next no year? No way. I don't think yeah. he does. And I don't because, think he thought that this year. Like, I have mad respect for him, like, being with the Cardinals his whole career. I, I have the utmost respect for any player in any sport that just rides their whole career with their team, just with one team. Because, Joe like, Thomas, I'm looking at it, you, bro. It's It's so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, too, when like people are getting traded and released left and right, mm-hmm. and it's all about the money today. But for Larry Fitzgerald, like if he wanted to win, he, he could have gone e- somewhere. He could have easily just walked away this season and played for like a winner. Well, also the thing is, a lot of his previous contracts actually have had no trade clauses. I believe his last two or three contracts have had no trade clauses, specifically because he doesn't want to leave Arizona. He wants to play his whole career in Arizona, regardless of the outcome. And like you said, he'd obviously want to win. But he's established a first ballot Hall of Fame career anyways. So like you said, I'm sure he, at this point, like a ring would be nice. But why not help the team he he loves? And it's cool. And also, like I said, the reason he's not a coach is he's making millions of more dollars. You know who also is making millions of more dollars or will be? Who? Brian Flores. Well, oh, yeah. not officially. Sorry. Not officially. Not officially yet. He but is, basically is. He he. All signs kind of right now point to him. Leaving New England after I mean, this offseason. The whole Miami, Miami ownership in front office flew to Boston today for a, quote, second interview with Brian Flores. Brian Flores, if you didn't know that. Yeah. And basically what that means is they met with him and they decided who we were. they were hiring for his whole coaching staff. Yeah. And that, also more more murmurs are coming from Greg Schiano, defensive coordinator for the Ohio State University, to come over to New England. It's probably going to happen. I don't he know. was at the Senior Bowl, right? And it he was, was at the like, Senior Bowl. The whole thing was he was kind of hinting that he was there for the Patriots or like helping the Patriots or pretty much. I don't know. And also, we'll get you, into that. Later. Are you always going to refer to it as the Ohio State University? I think that was the only time I've ever. No, you've definitely said that in other podcasts. I don't know. We can roll the tape, we'll roll and the I tape. vividly remember you going the Ohio State University. Okay, whatever, whatever. You sound like you're one of those players on Sunday Night Football when like you hear them go. 
I don't know what who was a player that went to Ohio. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. The Ohio State University. <laughs> oh. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. other other Dolphins news. Other Dolphins news. So they it's granted a whole permission lot of to their offensive coordinator to try to pronounce other that. teams. Dowell Logans, Logans. I don't know. Kenny Logans, Highway to the Danger Zone. <laughs> um, yeah, highway so, to the Danger. I told you we were half-assing this episode, guys. Yeah, it's the Pro Bowl edition. Okay. Anyway, he's expected to join Adam Gase in New York, East mm-hmm. Rutherford. I find it Netflix funny that the Dolphins for the first, like, apparently what I was reading into this, the Dolphins basically, like, and obviously they had the right to, like, held him hostage and they were just like, no, like almost like mad. They were like, you are not allowed to join Adam Gase <laughs> no. again. We are keeping you here. And they did that. And then like, I'm, I'm assuming what happened is Brian Flores was just like, I don't want that dude as my offensive coordinator. <laughs> and the Dolphins like very quietly were just like, okay, you can do whatever you want now. And like, <laughs> the he, world is your oyster. Yeah. And like, he immediately just flew to New York and was just like, yo, what's up Gase? Finally, <laughs> like I got yeah, out of that bad relationship. And then like Adam Gase is like, take me to your leader. Why does he sound like Mark Zuckerberg? Be- well, I don't know. He, I mean, did, like did you meme? see his press conference? No, he I saw like the he faces. Yeah, he, his, made. he was like bugging out. Well, He's, he, 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 there was like a glitch in the simulation at that point. Actually, I kind of all take it back. I, I, I don't like the idea that Gase is more of a robot. But like, have you ever seen the first Spider-Man movie when like like lizard people take over? Yeah, like, like New York. Vaguely, Literally, vaguely. it's New York City. Yeah. Adam Gase is a lizard. Adam Gase is a lizard. Confirmed. Well, I mean, have I told you my theory about baby pigeons? Oh, my God. This is, that's for another time. No, 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 no. We got to get into the, we get, Michael, Michael, we get, Michael, Michael. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. I'm going to give a synopsis of this theory. No, no, here's the thing. I will do it. Cage is going to ramble for like three minutes. No, it's got, give me, give me, you can look at the clock. You can look at the timer. We are, we are, when we get to 12 minutes, give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna blow all our viewers' minds away right now. So here's the thing. I don't know if any of you folks know, or I don't know if any of you folks have seen, but a baby pigeon. I know I asked Michael and I've asked all my friends, and none of us have seen a baby pigeon. This goes to the Adam Gase lizard theory. I promise this will wrap back around to Adam Gase being a lizard. Baby pigeons don't exist. I've never seen one. I was doing a little bit of research. In around 2001, pigeons were actually on the verge of extinction. They were endangered animals. There were very limited pigeons left. All of a sudden, the next few years later, they kind of stopped being extinct, and there were pigeons everywhere. No one really talked about it because there was just a surplus of pigeons. No one knew why. But ever since after 2001, baby pigeons, no one's seen. You ask anyone, especially our age, they don't, they've never seen a baby pigeon. It's funny. Well, pigeons are also seen around in the cities. What if the government knew pigeons went extinct? When they went extinct, they replaced pigeons with drones that looked like pigeons. None the wiser, spy on us, Adam Gase, lizard. There we go. Back to football podcast. Michael, take the wheel. Okay, so this is going to be our last episode. Um, I'm going to quit the show. You know what? That's fine. I'll get John Gruden on the show. Cool. Okay. Speaking so- of John Gruden, Derwin James. Derwin James? Derwin James. What about Derwin James? You know what about Derwin James? Oh, yeah, yeah. So last week when we were tweeting out um, trying to push our, our last show, if you may remember, we were talking about our we, – we, we went around with Tyler and we drafted – um. Like four, four people, four like pro bowlers or all pros that like we thought would make like a good playoff like, team, like a good like, nucleus. I yeah, would say good nucleus. So Cage had Derwin James. No, no, no Tyler, I did not. I had a kicker. Tyler had Derwin James. And, and when we when we blasted in on all social media, yeah. We, so I decided to tweet at all of the guys that I picked, and Tyler did no, the same thing, and you did the same thing, and I did the same thing. Derwin James was saw the, it. Was the only one who like made us like think that he actually saw it because he liked one of cage's tweets and then immediately unliked it like to the but like he liked it and we knew he did because i got the notification i clicked on it and when i clicked on it it brought it to his account and then when we checked his likes it wasn't there and then we checked the tweet again and the unlike was gone yeah he's like oh shit like i i don't want to like associate myself with these bums with these amateur new england podcasters yeah but speaking of new england speaking of new england let us hop right into um, the meat and potatoes. I know you say that a lot, Cage, but I'm going to say I do it. say that a lot. Um, let's let's hop into um, the championship game, shall we? And then that will lead into our discussion. I mean, yeah, you know, I said we were going to do the discussion first, but it's a Pro Bowl yeah. episode. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, we're just... Let's go into the games. Yeah, so NFC championship game. First thoughts. All right, well, first thoughts is 
That was pass interference. Oh, wait. What's that? That's the end of wait, the game. Wait, Michael? The refs just called me. They just said we're not allowed to talk about that play. Never mind. That wasn't pass interference. Um, first thoughts about the game, though, really were uh, Todd Gurley, question mark, question mark? Todd Gurley, it really, I think like that surprised me the most, that he was just a non-factor that game. It's not that he's a non-factor. He was because, a non-factor. But he only had, I believe, five carries, Michael. Yeah, which made him a non-factor. Yeah, but it's because I think he's still injured. I think he's still injured, and it makes sense because the thing is, if you look at it, he really – I mean, he did pretty well last week against the Cowboys. He had like 100-ish yards. He did fine. But, I mean, also they, they really – the Rams offense was just firing out all cylinders, so he got a ton of big chunk plays. But I he th- – there's a reason, one, they're relying on C.J. Anderson so heavily. The Rams are smart. Todd Gurley, think about it, earlier in this season was in the front runner for MVP candidate. It was him, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, and Drew Brees. Those were all the MVP candidates. Like, Todd Gurley ran that offense. And ever since that injury back, I think the week before they played the Cardinals or the week they played the Cardinals at the end of the season, it's kind of been like he sat out a while. He didn't really play much. You know, then it was then it was always like, oh, well, they have a bye. So they said, they're like, we'll be able to rest Gurley, which is good. He'll be 100%. It's very apparent. They should have used him way more if he was actually 100%. I think... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with that because I think that Todd McVeigh I mean Sean McVeigh Todd McVeigh Todd who's Todd, Todd? I don't Where know Todd Gurley anyway Sean McVeigh mm-hmm. I think I think Todd McVeigh is Todd Gurley and Sean McVeigh's son son that they son that they adopted can I can I talk please go right ahead okay Sean McVeigh I think decided to it was kind of like a knee jerk reaction because Todd Gurley missed like two like catches like immediately into the game. And so I think he was just kind of like, screw it, we're putting CJ in. And then CJ started producing like a little bit, mm-hmm. a little more than CJ Gurley. is and a good they, running they back. They tried to sprinkle, yeah, CJ, he should be a starting running yeah, back. Yeah, he's a very Two good running ago, back. Two years ago, he was a starting running back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I think that he tried to sprinkle Todd Gurley back into that offense and just it was not working because I think the Saints just did a really, really good job of game planning for him. So well, what's the like, difference between Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, though? They're basically the well, same kind the of... Well, one's the starter. They're, I guess, yeah, but that well, means... One, one's Todd Gurley. One is, okay. one is, like, a guy that, like, has been on everyone's radar all season. He, Like you said, he was an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. C.J. Anderson was bouncing from team to team, and though, like, people are just realizing now that he doesn't suck, yeah. he's been very good. I don't understand, like, how he, like, bounced from team to team to team like that mm-hmm. this season. And he deserves to be a starter somewhere else. I agree. But I digress from that. But just to take a guy like C.J. Anderson and just insert him into that game plan in Todd Gurley's place, like, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. If you're you're playing defense for the Saints, you're just like, this isn't Todd Gurley. This isn't the guy that I've been studying film of But the thing is, but I don't know because C.J. Anderson also had 130 yards against the Cowboys. If I was, if the Saints actually game planned, they would have seen that and they would have game planned equally for both. They shouldn't have been shocked about C.J. Anderson. Is the thing. Well, they weren't, and C.J. Anderson didn't have like an amazing game. No, I mean I, I feel like he still played well, but it, it's not that he didn't play well. It's again, it's the carry distribution. Yeah. It's like it I said, extremely the, skewed. It was I extremely think... skewed, and that's I think it's just because, and there should never be a reason, even if you expect the Saints to game plan for Gurley, which I expected the game plan for both. You don't. And think about like, I like I don't know the the Saints running backs, you Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah, like they have both two starting running back caliber running backs, like the Rams. And if there was ever a game where. Kamara had four or five carries and Mark Ingram had like 20 something carries. I would immediately say it's because something's wrong with Kamara. I'm not going to be like, well, they like, you know, they, the other team just game played more for Kamara. They're the same. It's the same monster. They're game planning for both. I mean, I mean, sure. But at the same time, Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram have been playing together for a while. It's like this whole like CJ Anderson just the things just started like a week ago. That's and fair. I think like no matter how much game plan you can put into that, you still don't know like entirely what is going on. Like Sean McVay could have just like pulled something completely like wild that like like they, he did not show with CJ Anderson last week. True. I I mean regardless, we we should get off of this specific topic because yes. we're here to talk about the game as a whole. But I will say, looking forward to next week's episode when we talk about the Super Bowl, one thing I will be bringing up is that. 
they will need Todd Gurley to play like MVP Todd Gurley because Sean McVay's offense relies so heavily on play action, and they will not be able to get that going against the Patriots during the Super Bowl with just C.J. Anderson. Because yeah. C.J. Anderson doesn't pick up as many big chunk yards as Todd Gurley, and if they if Bill Belichick knows they're going to primarily be using Anderson, then I think McVay's whole offense is going to struggle. Also, speaking of offensive struggling, sticking with this game, you mentioned one thing or something that, you know, sticks to me when I think of this game. And it's the end of the game. I don't know if you remember fourth quarter when the Saints were on, like, the Rams 11-yard line. Red it was the red zone at the very least. 100% It, it was in the red zone. And I think In fact, be... I think it was and goal. I think it was, like, a... a no, it wasn't. It, it was, was, like, right shy of first and goal or whatever. Yeah, it was, like, right shy of first and goal. It was, like... Well, third, regardless, was... yeah. Like third down, I think? Yeah. Well, no, it was first. No, no. Before that happened, like I'm just something. saying the whole know. first down, like that whole that whole first four downs. I watched that play over and over and over. I, so, Mike, like, I, Michael's was looking the play, but I'm talking to those four downs. It know. was essentially minutes left in the game. The Saints were within the Rams 15, around there. I don't know exactly where. And, you know, I remember watching the game, and I remember just sitting there and just being like, all they need to do is run the ball three times. They're nine times out of ten, they're most likely going to be getting a touchdown regardless. But at the very least, there was a minute 58 left in the game. And at the very least, they could leave. Even if they had to settle for a field goal that drive, they would have left the Rams with either no times out, no timeouts and a minute 20, or all their timeouts in like 40 seconds left. If they ran the ball three times. Yeah. What did the Saints do? The first play of the game, the first play first and ten on like their like the Rams 12 or whatever. It was Drew Brees undercut the pass to Ted Ginn in the <clears throat> in the end zone. Second down, they run it to Alvin Kamara, who gets stuffed at the line for no game. And then third down is that controversial pass interference yeah. play, which was pass interference. It was 100%. I agree. 100%. But regardless, it was now third down. They, they decided it was an incomplete, and now it was fourth down and basically – it was fourth down and 10. There was still a minute 37 left on the clock. And the Saints had to settle for a field goal. Yeah. Which I think is easily... I mean, there's a lot of things, and like like we both said, that, and obviously the NFL has openly said that was pass interference. Yeah, that, it was. that non-call was terrible. I mean, you just have to but unfortunately ignore it. At it the same it's time, what happened. At the same time, the Saints can't... Or, I mean, Saints fans, and I mean, I guess the Saints too, they can't say that they're a victim of the refs. No. If, from that one play. I, they, they allowed the Rams to march down and tie the game. And then they had another possession in overtime, and Drew Brees kind of threw, threw that lazy lob. And like, which still, got picked off. Still, that non-call shouldn't have happened. Well, that should have been a call any day. And I was actually on Reddit, and there was an, a Reddit post that brought up a very good point, too. I don't know if I told you this or not. I forgot. Where Do you remember when the Saints and the Steelers played? Yeah. And there was that really controversial Joe Hayden pass interference mm -hmm. that wasn't pass interference. They called that back too. Yeah. And that was the reason the Steelers actually lost that game against the Saints yeah. was because of that. Well, the Reddit post literally said they were like, if you look at the rest of this, uh, like the last two weeks, that was week 16. If the refs called that correctly and they didn't call pass interference or whatnot, then the mm -hmm. Steelers would have won that game, which would have meant the Saints would have also now had to start their starters week 17 instead of resting them all. Mm. because they won and even if they won that game week 17 after losing week 16 they would have still had the second seed which means they would have actually been playing in la for the championship game so yes the that pass interference call against the saints or that wasn't called against the rams is messed up and should have been but you can also go back and say the saints got very lucky with the pass interference call a few weeks before yeah i mean in it i hate to just be like pointing out non-calls here and there which, spoiler alert, non it's going to keep happening non -call, this episode. Non-calls happen all, all the time. All the damn time. It, it's, it's just an unfortunate so, thing. So blatantly every week, you've seen like at least one really shitty non-call. As a Browns and, fan, I see it all the time. Yeah, and just to be like the Saints and be like pointing at that and being like, we were wronged by this league. I, I just don't get it. I mean, this play, like... Sure, like the you, Saints also let the Rams come back. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you, but they, they like the Saints had a comfortable lead and they let the Rams come back. The, even they, even before the play ha that play happened, they mm -hmm. like were up like they had twenty points. Yeah, and and the thing is, in like we said, even before that play, they shouldn't have even been. They should have just run the ball three times. Yeah, because they still settled for a field goal regardless. Yeah, but back to back to this call. So it was a very bad call or lack thereof. I think that I mean. Instead of being like the NFL wronged us, I think this play kind of is instrumental in saying that 
look, there is just like an extreme like disconnect between what the ref, like all what all refs think. There's no uniformity in like what who calls what and what is called when it should be or appropriately or whatnot. I think that I mean though it was really like shitty to see that happen. I think that like it will easily like there will easily be like a difference next season. I know like the NFL is already talking about like making pass interference calls reviewable. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point because there are a lot of just non calls or a lot of pass interference calls like the Joe Hayden one where it wasn't even pass interference. No, it wasn't at all. So I I like I mean this play had to happen one way or the other. Not saying in this game specifically, but just in general, just to like shed some light on like how because everyone complains about the refs and how like they just call games terribly. They're human, but there should just be some more uniformity. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I completely agree. And like you said, it, this isn't exactly what defined the game. There were many other instances, like you said, you know. Regardless of the fact, they still had to settle for a field goal after all of that. Also, in the overtime, you know, if Drew Brees doesn't throw that law pass that gets picked off, they could have, for all we know, they could have driven down the field, scored, and won the game. Yeah. There were a lot of different things that happened. You could also say they stalled. I mean, it was just a very good... The Rams' defense played very well that game, this game. You know, they the, the Saints' offense was easily their strongest asset. Their defense has played okay all season, but the Saints' offense has been the firepower of their whole team, the big reason they were the first seed in the playoffs. And, you know, Ndamukong Sue, Aaron Donald, and Dante Fowler played a very well game. LaMarcus Joyner came in clutch when he needed to. You know, Marcus Peter and Akeem Tlaib played okay for their standards. Yeah, it was a very well-rounded game all around for that defense, which is good to see for the Super Bowl because that's how I think how they're going to win the game, which, again, we'll get more into that next week, but yeah. just prefacing. Yeah, so I think this is a good time to move on to the other game. We should also mention that this game, like we said, did go into overtime. It did go into overtime. Just like the we, next I game. I think we did mention it, and the Saints had a shot. Yes, Drew Brees threw right. a pick. Yeah. Greg the leg just kicked it through. Well, Rams are in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying because this is the first time ever that in conference championship weekend, both games went into overtime. I think this was like the first time or the second time ever that a playoff game has went into overtime. Michael, so many games have gone into overtime. Uh, Buffalo- this is the second and third technically because Chiefs Ram, I mean Chiefs, not Chiefs Rams, Chiefs Pats went into overtime Me as too. well. And th- there have been so many overtime games this season, not even just this past weekend. Buffalo Wild Wings today has come out and said that if the Patriots Rams Super Bowl goes into overtime, all it has to do is go into overtime, then they will give everybody free wings the next day that'd be pretty cool because you know their wings are pretty expensive their wings are pretty expensive yeah we're not, we're not barred to any sponsorship from no them, we're so not we're, barred we're to any say, yeah we're allowed, allowed to, to say, say this. they're pretty but. they're good but they're pretty expensive but yeah that is i believe it said their like advertisement said 16 i think 16 nfl games this season have gone into overtime jeez that's crazy i think that's really good for the league I, I, think, think I think just for the competition in general. I think it's good, yeah, because it shows that, you know, teams and are what, a lot like, closer. What, like, four of those, like, were responsible by the Browns, like, just in, like, the first, like, six weeks? I don't even think four. I think it's six. I think six of them are well, responsible. Well, no, I mean, like, in, like, the first six oh, weeks, Oh, in the I first remember, six like, weeks, yeah, it's, like, four or five of them were the anyway, Browns. we're not talking about the Browns. No, We will, the Browns we will, didn't make the playoffs. We will in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks, sure, yeah. Pats, Chiefs. Great game. I think I would say that it was one of the most competitive games that i've seen in the past couple years i agree just in general it it was literally any small move any small mess up as we saw i mean with d ford at the end just any small mess up could have led to just one team losing or one team winning well it was just that like gridlocked and you've never and i have never seen just a team just stay up close that like close the whole game than the chiefs did with the patriots because you would think like the Patriots just slaughtered the Chargers the week before. They were in Arrowhead. All odds were against them, pretty much. And they started out doing their usual thing. They got ahead early. But the Chiefs hung on. Mm. And it just... I think Patrick Mahomes just is a very, very special quarterback. And I've been saying this to you for, like, the past, like, millennium. Yeah. That in probably, like, two years, Patrick Mahomes will be the best quarterback in this league. Well, and the thing is... I. I after the game ended and after you know the last couple of days after seeing more clips of the game and watching highlights and just more kind of watching the game to kind of get more understanding of how it went scheme wise, 
what the most impressive thing to me is about it is one Tom Brady had all day to throw. I, I think there was yeah. one registered quarterback hit the whole game on him. Only one, I read. Yeah, he kept his that jersey was it. very clean. He, he, he made sure to post a picture yeah, of it. He literally, there was one court. He had 2.4 seconds left like to throw or his average time to throw. Tom Brady kept, was kept very clean. And obviously, the Chiefs defense was having a very tough time competing with him. Grand- um, I mean, you, you can finish. I was going to bring another point. I was going to say, you know. Um, obviously, besides a few picks which are tipped off of um, Patriots players pass one, I played very well. But another thing to me, and this is more, this is a hundred percent credit to Patrick Mahomes, is if you watch the game, Mahomes was like Patriots like the defensive pa- backs were screaming at him. Patriots. Well, not like, even they were that. like flying at him. But the pa- they got to like Patrick Mahomes so often, and just like the sheer amount of like. Like that, he was like in most situations he would have like any quarterback would have gotten sacked, but he made a way to make a play out of it. Well, not but, not I apologize, didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, not, it's okay. not even just that though. If you watch Bill Belichick and Brian Flores put up an amazing, amazing game plan for that Chiefs offense, they had I believe it's they had double teaming, um, people double covering Tyreek Hill, yeah. and then in the second half they had Gilmore on Travis Kelsey because in the first half J.C. Jackson was covering him and he was really struggling. And obviously, J.C. Jackson, we know, kind of had a tough game this week. Yeah, even he, in the second he half. He moved over to Tyreek Hill, I think. He moved over to point. help double double cover Tyreek Hill, and he was still kind of struggling. Regardless, besides that, they had a great... I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, the whole game, were kept to six total catches for 62 yards. The whole Between the both of them. And those are superstar weapons that the Chiefs have. Mm. So, you know, the fact that the Patriots were able to blanket those two players so well, as well as send pressure to Patrick Mahomes, and the fact that Patrick Mahomes was able to put up 24 points in the fourth quarter, I think it was, just just the fourth quarter, with all of this game plan. If you, like, look back at the highlight video that the NFL posted on, like, YouTube or something, I think, like, it's, like, 16 minutes long in... The last like eight minutes of it are all just fourth quarter well, and overtime. The Patrick highlights. Mahomes didn't score. The Chiefs didn't score till the third quarter. Yeah. It was 14-0 at half, and then you know Patrick Mahomes did his thing in the early, very early in the third quarter and scored. Yeah. But like I said, that that is all credit to Patrick Mahomes. The running game was not there. The Patriots had such a is, good defensive plan. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were nothing that game. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes had to turn whatever he could out of the reserves, out of wide receivers two, three, four, out of backup Damian tight ends. Williams had like three or four touchdowns yeah. in the fourth quarter alone. He had an amazing game, and I feel like just because like the Chiefs didn't end up winning, like it doesn't get talked about that much. Same thing like with just Patrick Mahomes in general. Like they both had monster games. They had like almost perfect games. They could they had perfect games. It was just like a slight screw up. Just like something had to come undone because both of these teams were just playing like almost perfect from the whole well, that, time. And that was, that's a perfect crazy. terminology is that something had to come something undone. Something had to get. And that was D Ford. If it had not been D Ford going offsides on that one third down that negated Brady being picked off, it would have been JC Jackson. That would have been the quote unquote person that gave out mm-hmm. because he got called for like multiple flags. Yeah. yeah, which, in like I said, it's, it's it's kind of like the same same thing. We can't say that roughing the passer call that wasn't called was the, you know, the defining moment. There were obviously other things you could argue about, but, you know, you can't help but not say or not say, acknowledge, and D Ford acknowledge it, you know, when you're playing in the fourth quarter, under two minutes left, yeah. you cannot, that is sloppy football, and you cannot do that. And what? And if you don't, if you're not it, understanding what we're referencing is... The game-winning interception, or the would-have-been game-winning interception the Chiefs had with about a minute 30 left that got negated because D. Ford had his, like, left toe in the neutral I, zone. I, no, his, like, foot was, I mean, his, I think it was, like, his hand was, like, fully Was over. it his hand? I thought yeah, it was Ro- his foot. Could have been his hand. like, said it was, like, oh, pretty okay. over the line. But anyway, like, yeah, I, I thought that game was over. I literally fell to the floor. Like, you could ask anyone in my family. My whole family was in the room watching it with me. And I literally face-planted onto the floor after, like, seeing that. And then once, like... It got called back. Like I was literally just like hanging onto my seat the whole goddamn time. It was the, like, that was like a such a stressful game. And just looking back, like watching the highlights again the day after, it was just such a really really well fought methodical game on both sides. And that's what I really appreciate seeing. Like I I, I I've I've been telling you like I think this was probably one of the best games of the season. And I know you say Chiefs Rams back in the regular season because it was so high scoring and there were so many highlights. I just I think I appreciate just like 
the the mythology. It's yeah. Like, well, I don't even, th- even know mytholo- mytho- methodology. I yeah. Don't even know. Well, I know you what you're talking about. Mean. But, like, I mean, think about it. Even it was just so, like, another big moment in this game that sticks to me was at the end, after that, you know, offsides when it got negated, and they Brady and them drove down the field and scored a touchdown with 40-something seconds left to go off. 40-something yeah. odd there seconds like, left to go. There was 38 it seconds was, left. And 38 seconds left. It was 31 to 28 now. Yeah. And you give, I would say, Brady, and it wasn't like Belichick did a stupid decision doing that because the thing is, if you put yourself, put the other team in that situation, 30 something seconds left to go and they need to get at More least a field goal to tie, I would say 20. I would, I'll probably give maybe four teams in the league. I'd say eight, the, out, eight out of ten quarterbacks would not be able would not to score. be a, yeah would not be able to go down that field with thirty eight seconds left two timeouts and score at least a field goal. What Mahomes t- did, even even with like the help of that flag, what Mahomes did was just insane. It was and I we were texting about it. we literally said that's in that is crazy that everyone thought that that game was over because it it normally is with the Patriots when Bill yeah. Belt when the Patriots set that other team up with literally thirty seconds less than a minute left to go to put up at least a field goal mm. the the other team never, never is able to do it because the Patriots are so good at closing out games like that and Mahomes just and Mahomes did it with just, ease he did it like it was nothing. Yeah, and nobody talks about that. Nobody does because the, in the end, the Patriots won, which it's understandable. You normally yeah. talk about the winning team, but it's just as impressive. Yeah, Brady, Brady, and Mahomes were going back and forth. I, I mean, in the th- yeah, and we we've we've acknowledged it. All of our friends acknowledge it. We, not even just all of our friends. You know, it's I feel like it's a very consensus thing when I talk to people at work. Whoever won that coin flip in overtime was the is was the one who's going exactly. to the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs won that coin flip. They were going to the Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. how it was, which I think kind of leads us to a roundtable discussion today. Yeah, about seeing, overtime. Seeing as both of those games went into, weekend, went into overtime, went into overtime, and how both of those games, you could argue, overtime is so skewed that it, it's it's just a mess. Like the fact that Mahomes played as well as he did and as perfect as he did, and he did not even get a chance to try to win that game for them. It just shows, and it's, it's happened all throughout the season. Think about it. There were 16 overtime games this season, and so many times you sat there and you were just like, that's like that's not cool. Or even ties. There, there were two games that tied the first two weeks, and you sit there and you're like, why is there a tie in the NFL? Like, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, and I, I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit. Not, not too much. I mean, I can see where people c- come from when they want a change in overtime. I know, like, in college rules, like, both t- offenses have, like, a chance to score, and it's just, like, a back and forth like that, and it's not, like, first team to score wins, or score a touchdown, rather, but I I kind of like the way it is with overtime right now, and I'm not just saying that from a Patriots st- fan standpoint, and I'm just saying that because we won and all that shit. I think that, I mean, though both offenses, I mean, it seems like both offenses should be the ones to like decide the game defenses also decide games too yeah but the thing is it's not just it, defense it, i mean it, it doesn't happen as often but still well no defenses it, it happens it, frequently it, it's but it's just the fact that yes then then we should have been able to see if the patriots defense can stop Mahomes. that's true and the things that I, I i'm not trying but, to argue with you but i do think a big part of this is because the patriots got it because it is a very you have to acknowledge it you are a one percent that thinks the overtime is fair. I do not know anybody else that thinks overtime rules are fair. It is ridiculous that that the, one team might not even get a chance. And like you said, yeah, defenses should be able to prove it. But if to that standard, I'll use the Patriots and Chiefs as an example. The Patriots defense should have been able to prove that they can stop Mahomes. That's that's a viable point. They and should I'll, have been I'll, able I'll, to. I'll, I'll definitely agree. They with you they that. they if that I completely agree that defenses should be able to prove it. But you can't say that argument and then be like, well, the Patriots defense didn't get to prove it. Because the Patriots true. defense wouldn't have been able to stop Mahomes. We just said whoever won that coin flip was winning the game. Yeah. So if that happened and the and Chiefs drove down the field, I guarantee you, you would not be saying right now, the defense has got to prove it because the Patriots defense wouldn't have been able to prove it yeah. is the thing. And that's the problem is it's a professional league and it's such a crucial, I mean, this specifically is such a crucial thing. There has to be a better way to go about it. I mean, a lot of people, like you said, do say we should adopt the college format. I don't know if that's necessarily true because I feel like that's so far fetched from what the actual NFL game is. Just putting them yeah. at the 20 and just I, being I like score because that also pads stats 
with touchdowns yeah. and stuff. That that's why I'd rather have the current overtime over that. I mean, would if you ask, I mean, I think I think that if there were to be some happy medium between the two, I would be all for it. Uh, my thought process, and I've actually said it before to somebody, a, a coworker, is I think a very good way to at least you know start the idea of changing it is to play a full quarter. Not first team that score wins. Play a full, t- like not fifteen minute maybe, but a full ten minute quarter. Like extra time and just like, ex- and, like and like like football. Yeah, like football, like, like, like not American European football. football. Like, yeah, like European soccer. football. Yeah, soccer. Give them ten minutes. You know, do a coin flip to see who starts, and then that's what. And then that that happens, and then you know you play till the end of the quarter. So hypothetically, the Patriots Chiefs could have done that with ten minutes. And hypothetically, the Patriots could have scored twice in that time. That's all. That's all. Then they score twice. Then the, the score is skewed even more. But that's what I'm saying. You just play a full quarter. So at the very least, both teams get at least one possession with the ball. And that's what happens because then you can argue the defense has to step up. If they have a full 10 minutes and then it's crunch time. And say they get a full 10 minutes, Patriots get the ball first, they score. Chiefs get the ball first, they score. Now there's maybe... Three minutes left in this ten minutes of extra time. Now you, like you said, the Chiefs' defense needs to be like, this might be the last possession of the game. We need to now stop him, get him out of here. You know, I'm a hundred percent for that. And then, you and know, I'm, uh, I'm glad that we were able to reach a compromise. Reach here. a compromise because and, usually we don't. But I think, I think that true. Very, that's very, a very often than not, we just have polar opposite opinions. It's a very good idea. And and further to further this, what I've even thought even more is, you know, hypothetically say you get these 10 minutes, right? And say after the 10 minutes, it's still tied. Then I think after 10 minutes of extra time, you play till next score. So you don't do a re-coin toss. You just play till next score. So it's like the current overtime, but like just stacked on to like an extra quarter. Extra, not, yeah. I, so, think, I, I see what you mean. I know so, what you mean. I, so I, you I play the like 10 that. minutes. You do the coin flip to start overtime. 10 or maybe minutes, just you like play. five minutes or something. I don't know. I know because the thing is, look at that. The Patriots had an eight-minute drive That's on true. Sunday. I think Saints had a seven-minute drive Sunday. Teams can, you got to give them at least like 10 minutes because of that. And then I think, so say the 10 minutes and then hypothetically using the Patriots or Chiefs or Saints or Rams as an example. After those 10 minutes, both those teams maybe each put up 10 points. So it's still tied. Then, as soon as that ends, say the Patriots after that 10 minutes are at like their 30. Now it's almost like a no time clock keeps going, and it just keeps going until either the Patriots kick a field goal, score a touchdown, or change, uh, or Chiefs stop them, and they score. Second that next score happens, game's over. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's what I think. I was thinking about this a lot, and I really think that's the best way because then at that point, if it's next score wins at that point, one, you're not doing coin flip. It's continuing from that extra time. And two, you guys, you then had that team or both teams had 10 minutes to try to get another lead and to try to stay that lead. So you can't be mad if after 10 extra minutes of time, they your team couldn't take the lead and it had to go to next score. Because I think next score wins is viable, but you need to give at least an, a certain period of time of just play until end of time and see who has so both teams can get possession. Roger Goodell, please hire us to um, better the game. Just in general. Please, um, honestly. And also, for those listening out there, if you have a different idea or if you agree with Cage, um, or, I mean, like I do, I agree with Cage. Please, I'm very uh, good. Please, I'm uh, also in a... Pers- what you, tell us what you think on uh, Twitter and Facebook, please. We, we, we would love to interact with you. Yeah, please. Uh, fun fact, I'm also in a persuasion class this semester, not yeah, just you advertising, can, if you, you can't tell. You'll use that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll use, anyway. that, I'll use that later. Anyway, so let's get into the real heated debate here. Mm. The Pro Bowl. <laughs> the Pro Bowl. What are you looking forward to most? What is your What is your cookie this week? So Chris? we're we're gonna go over to the, our grandma's cookies Pro Bowl edition. Yeah, she's down in Orlando. She's yeah. at her timeshare. So so Michael and I are actually cooking the cookies this week. Yeah. Because Grandma Grandma Clement and Grandma DePaul are actually in Orlando. Um, they were you know is they it were, in Orlando or is it back in Hawaii? It's in Orlando. Okay. They were uh, invited by the NFL to head down to Orlando to be the official uh, baker of the Pro Bowl. They loved our cookies so they're, much. They're, they're catering the Pro they're Bowl. catering the Pro Bowl. So because of that Michael and I are here to make the cookies for this yeah, week. Yeah, they left the ingredients and the instructions. Yeah, I got my chef hat ready. Hey, we're I've got my apron ready. We're kind of ready. Uh, Pro Bowl. I'm looking forward to. You know, I think it'll be fun as a Browns fan. If I'm being honest with you, it'll definitely be nice. I don't know if I'll watch the whole game, but it'll be nice to see at least you know Miles Garrett and uh, Denzel Ward play again. Just mm-hmm. to see them. To see them. You know. 
or to see that they're recognized yeah. as some of the what's, best. What's the real thing you want to see, though? The real thing I want to see is the skill. My cookie I'm making, my grandma's going to be mad. I'm going off the script. I, I It's not even about the Pro Bowl game itself. Oh, my God. But my cookie is going to be in the skill showdowns. So if you don't know, they, they did this new fun thing to get people to watch, and they do a skill showdowns arena where – they have a dodgeball tournament, a relay race, um, a catching competition. I think a, that makes me want to watch it less. A quarterback throwing competition with little <laughs> bullseye darts, stuff like that. And my cookie is, I bet Jarvis Landry is going to win all the events for the AFC. Last, I was watching Pro Bowl highlights, hyping myself up for this amazing episode. I actually saw that highlight of um, him in dodgeball In dodgeball? Year. I actually Crazy. had no idea that it happened, first of all, last year. <laughs> And second of all, I mean, like... I didn't was, watch it, but I it knew it kind of happened. It was him against, like, Greg Zerlin, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, Graham, Graham Gano. Graham Gano. Yeah, and literally, like, at one point, he's like, wait a second. Like, I, I, I like, catch balls for, so he gives for like, all a living. The... And he just, like, he just rolled, like, all of his dodgeballs on his side over to, like, him. To, like, Graham Gano. And he was just like, okay, I'm just going to catch this for the win. And he did. Yeah. And then, all also, there's also a hands competition where... The wide receivers have to do, I believe it's seven catches or whatever. And the first catch is just a regular catch, right? Yeah. Then the second catch is an over-the-shoulder catch. No one will. The be third th- catch is a sideline catch, so they have to sprint and then catch like a toe drag catch, right? Then the fourth one is <clears throat> is a one-handed catch. And then after that, it's another regular catch, and then they repeat the other ones and go back around, almost like, like around the world. Is that like a relay race type deal? Kind of, but it's best time. So each wide receiver okay. goes one at a time. So oh, like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, and oh, Landry like, came in second. Yeah, o- but like only it, to Odell. It doesn't really matter because Chad Ochocinco is the greatest of all time at that. Yeah, but he's not participating, Michael. This is for this Pro Bowl. Yeah, but still, like, there's no competition to just begin with. Chad Ochoacinco wins. He just won. This is the one there week needs, I needs can no have more my own cookie that isn't a game. Let me give this cookie to Juice. Okay, Because he's going to kill the skill showdown. Okay. And that's the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Chad Ochoacinco after this can we, on Twitter. Can we add him on Twitter, see if he'll like and unlike our tweet? Yeah, he probably will. All right. Um. Anyway, I think... um. My, my, I'm going more traditional for my cookie. Okay. Cookies, I should say. Oh, I'm going to go right. to the actual Pro Bowl game, which people care about way less than yeah. dodgeball. Like, let me just tell you now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disclaim this right now. I don't even know if I'm gonna watch the game to be honest, because like on Sunday, like I'm gonna be doing homework, just catching up for my classes that I am missing this week. Mm. But I'm interested in seeing how Zeke and Saquon Barkley played together on the same like team. Okay. For the NFC. I think that's just really cool in general. Okay. Just because it's just two like really young running backs. Like they kind of like pretty much are redefining how like running backs like are coming into the league as their like versatility and all like power running, just athleticism in general. Those dudes can like jump over like a car. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be interesting to see them play together. I think they'll probably just do some like whack shit, like a flea flicker to each other, like to each other. They'll well, flea flicker to each other. You never know. Saquon Barkley might just go under center and just lob the pass to him. I don't know. That that is, that is very true. I'm like nothing. Anything like other than regular football happens in the Pro Bowl. So you never. I was going to say the Pro Bowl is completely out of the realm of possibility. Like literally, anything like, literally happens. Literally, like, like Jeff Saturday one year just played for the other team for like a little bit just because Peyton Manning was on the on other the team. team. Or like there's like stuff where like jj watt has like taken snaps before in the pro bowl and like yeah like he'll just go at tight end and just start mossing people for fun yeah so like i i agree and then, then you have sean taylor who would just actually crack people. and murder like legitimately murder people yeah so i i could see i could see that happening you know you know I'll give you a real cookie if you'd like. If you, you don't want me gave, to give you, you, already gave me a, with, you I'll fine. accept the cookies. Okay. All right. That's I'll cool. accept them. That's fine. But maybe you could just give a bonus one now. I, I mean, no, 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 no. No, I'm not trying to are give you, my... Are you going to just leave it at that? Our fans of the First in Ten podcast will not be able to hear that bonus cookie that you just, like, teased a little mm, bit. I don't know. Yeah. I I, 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 I think... I'm, I'm just going to say I think my cookie is... My, I can give another cookie, and I think it, it will be... A special teams cookie. Okay. I think there's going to be either a kickoff return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, or a field goal block for a touchdown. This I could game. easily see like Tyreek Hill doing all three of those. That's what I'm saying. If he does play, I don't know if he's actually playing. He football. is playing. Okay. Is 
I don't know if he's playing. I think him and Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Mahomes are because Travis Kelsey isn't. Okay. Yeah. Or Tariq Cohen. I was thinking more so Tariq Cohen. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Hill. Wait, who do you have to win? AFC or NFC? I'm gonna take NFC for this one. NFC. Yeah, because like I know Patrick Mahomes like technically is the starter for AFC, but he's gonna do like one or two. He'll drives. do like two drives. Yeah, and then, and then like then Deshaun Watson's to... just gonna end up playing the game. Yeah. Drew Brees is going to start out, and Drew Brees is going to be Drew Brees and be Drew pissed. Brees isn't even playing. He's not playing? No, all the none of the NFC starters are playing. The NFC quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky, uh, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. I could see, like, Russell Wilson just doing some really weird stuff and, like, yeah, scoring a lot. and probably scoring a lot. I'm, I'll take NFC for that. How about you? Really? Oh, I'm going AFC all the way. I, I think, dude, I, Von Miller, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett all in the same offense. Defense. Defense. All in the same. Defense. Sorry, my fault. Uh, Derwin James and Jamal Adams. <laughs> Derwin James and Jamal Adams. Both think, friends look of at the this, first and ten first, podcast. Think, look at this AFC Pro Bowl defense right now. It's And this isn't even including everyone. It's Miles Garrett. Uh, like I said, Miles Garrett, Von Miller, TJ Watt, Derwin James, Jamal Adams, Denzel Ward. Um, I'm forgetting another cornerback uh, that's very important. He will not be named, but he's a very good quarterback. <laughs> he helped. Oh, Xavier up. Howard. Oh yeah, Xavier Howard. That's who it is. I was like, I know him for that. That's a stack. I was gonna say Malcolm Butler, but then I was like, oh, wait, Ooh, like, we don't. Uh, he, we'll cut that part from the podcast. He's now doing. Uh, what's his name? He's the, now uh, selling cars in Tennessee for yeah, the he, offseason. He, he, he's now he's now the Brandon Browner of the league, going from like New England and like one of the top corner graded corners in the league to the worst graded. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to discuss that. Feels very bad. Anyways, I'm going with AFC. I don't think the NFC half-assing it will be able to beat the AFC's defense half-assing it. That's very true. But you know what? What you can probably, and I mean most likely, hear about our thoughts when we tweet about it. On the first and ten Twitter this week. Yes, we should be using that a lot more. And we will be only if you follow at first and number ten pod or Facebook first and symbol number ten. We really should be using this more, and we will. If what about you our follow. website? Uh, we have a website that we post to every week, and we will start posting articles once after... the season ends. Yes, during the off season. During the off seasons, that. we will start posting articles. We have decided, and that's at first and number ten sports Yes. Don't forget to subscribe to us, too. On, on our... Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, and a ton of other. Stitcher? Is that what it's called? It's a uh, Stitcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Stitcher. and symbol 10, and the number 10, I apologize. First and symbol 10. And you should definitely do this, because I'm taking a persuasion class, and I'm persuading you, too. Wow. Beautiful. Michael, sign us out before I go crazy. Well, we will, uh, we will see you all next week, or not really see you, because, I mean airwaves aren't really something you can see but anyway we uh we'll, we'll be back next week for a huge super bowl edition it'll be way less half-assed than the pro bowl yeah, edition. it'll be very prepared very prepared like the super bowl normally is yes and not the pro bowl yes we will get hyped for that and until then um enjoy the, the, the dodgeball tournament tomorrow yes enjoy the dodgeball tournament